Country radio wants no part of Casey Musgraves. The Texas-born, Nashville-produced country music juggernaut captured four Grammys in 2019, including Album of the Year for her fourth studio album, Golden Hour. But it was only after she took home the most coveted hardware in the music industry that Musgraves and her label sent her music to country radio to attempt to garner more press after the biggest night of Musgraves' young career. The single sent Rainbow flopped, failing to garner the same traction that the Luke Bryans and Luke Combs of the world often do. Women failing to thrive on country radio is nothing new, but their relationship with Musgraves seems particularly icy. Musgraves has become a crossover star, one worthy of touring with Harry Styles, becoming a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, and dominating the late-night talk show musical guest role. The friction with Musgraves and country radio can likely be attributed to her debut record, Same Trailer, Different Park, and the standout single, Follow Your Arrow, in which Musgraves describes her radical agenda of being pro-cannabis, sex-positive, and not homophobic, which seemed like a step too far for the rigid censors of country radio. Follow Your Arrow's new school lyrics accompany a more traditional sound on Musgraves' debut record, one full of heartbreak, bitterness, and acceptance. And for that, Same Trailer, Different Park, is an art school album. Mama's hooked on Mary Kay, brother's hooked on Mary Jane, and daddy's hooked on Mary two doors down. Mary, Mary, quack and schwerry, we get bored so we get married, just like dust we settle in this town. On this broken merry-go-round, round, round we go. My guest today someone who now that I've crushed the numbers a little bit and done the schematics I think I met this person pretty much about 365 days ago they came into my oh, life God. and have been a a beacon of hope and prosperity ever since I am so excited to have Grace Trevax on the show Grace how are you hello everyone <laughs> I am doing fantastic today um i'm very excited to be on this podcast and also very scared and terrified grace is doing an interesting thing right now where she is going to laugh through her fear she was expressing to me just how <laughs> petrified she was before we began the show uh, as we will get into grace is an interesting guest to have on a music podcast but but we will cross that bridge when we come to it because grace i you know i i've collected all the data that i've amassed from you over the past year and i've seen you play a clock in a theatrical production. I've seen correct. photos of you singing the national anthem at Comerica Park in Detroit, Michigan. So true. I just want to know, what's it like to have already peaked? Because you seem to have hit your apex. <laughs> Listen, Case, I couldn't agree with you more there. I feel like I've played many, you know, you've only seen me as a clock. I've played many inanimate objects in my day. That's not a lie. Uh, can, we get, can we get a list of what inanimate objects you have played? That is, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And um, in the show Into the Woods, um, I played the harp. That's um, that's a prop. It's a prop. Uh, and that's what I was. Um, I played a cloud in what I believe was James and the Giant Peach. Um, I've played a mouse. That's not inanimate, but. But it's not a human. It's not. It's certainly not a human. Um, yeah, that's basically, uh, that's just a start. Well, I'm fascinated by this. I, I'm, I guess I'm glad you can break into, uh, the stage somehow because you are an actress uh, of some sort, if I do say so what myself. Do you mean of some sort? <laughs> Look, I've seen your work. <laughs> I think you're incredibly talented. I wasn't sure if you were comfortable going that far, but I, you seem like the type of person that is strictly, well, I'm not going to say I'm an aspiring actress. I am an actress. Is that your vibe? You know what? You know what I'm saying? I, first of all, I'm an actor. Thank you very much. Equality. Case. Okay. Oh, I'm so you behind the I times. I apologize. I know. And um, you know what? I am an actor, and and wh what are you going to do about it, huh? Well, I'm going to support your work, because I'm a huge fan <laughs> of everything you do. I, I'm intrigued by, and I'm sure maybe maybe some of our listeners are intrigued by the idea that uh, the school year has begun. We are in the midst of a pandemic still. What is it like taking an acting class over Zoom? I have to tell you, is as someone who just moved into this apartment, it is terrifying to think what my neighbors must think of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I was originally supposed to be in a stage combat class this semester. It certainly was canceled. Um, 
Certainly it was canceled. Altogether, not even going online. You can't even buy a lightsaber and twirl that around in your living room. Okay, listen, I was going to bring my PVC pipes, but alas, there was no need. I think not, not all the sections were canceled, but they had to, you know, downsize a little bit. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Uh, You and I have spent a lot of time in the Columbia College Chicago Theater Building. It is a building that makes me feel very untalented. I'm sure you feel right at home there. But specifically, the third floor stage combat kids, I mean, they have to be the weirdest kids in this entire university. Is that correct? Okay, Case, I did not come on here to slander a group of people, okay? I didn't come to make enemies, thank you very much. Um, I will say there is definitely a section of people who are very identifiable as stage combat people. And listen, they're very talented at what they do, okay? They are indeed the jocks of, of the theater department. They're the jocks of the theater department, not necessarily the jocks of the campus. That is me. That is former guest of the show, Jake Klingensmith. We are the alphas. We do watch sports and we don't care who knows it. And Grace, you're right. You're not on this show to slander groups of people. You are on this show to talk about music. Oh, boy, am I. A subject that when I when I approached you, I don't know, probably January or February of, of 2020, this year that will not end, I, I said, Grace, you're hilarious. You're, at this point, a good friend. I'd love to have you on the podcast sometime. And you said, Case, I only know musicals and the Beatles. <laughs> and that does not work for me. So it took us some time to get you on the show. So I, I'm just curious. How did you miss music? Okay, listen, that's a very good question. Because when you look at the facts, I grew up in a very, very musical household. My dad plays multiple instruments. He's in a band. He plays guitar. He sings. My mom is a music teacher. She's an accompanist. My sister is a classically trained singer who sings professionally on the side. My other sister studied the upright bass in college. I played piano for 10 years. Okay, in choir and band, and yet, in spite of all of this case, in spite of it all, I have no taste in music. I just, I just have no taste. I listen to what people tell me to listen to. I listen to what's familiar to me. So maybe I listen to the Beatles sometime. But guess what, Case? I was in a Beatles-themed show last year, and that's why that's why I really listen to it a lot. And you know what? I'm not ashamed, except that I am. I don't think you have any reason to be ashamed, but I'm incredibly intrigued as someone myself that bases my entire personality off of the people, places, and things that I like, you seem to have missed a great identifier in music. And it just blows my mind, especially given your upbringing, especially the fact that I know you've got some pipes in you that that you have just missed music altogether. And you're saying, were you not even a Beatles fan until you were in a Beatles themed show? Did you miss the Beatles? No, okay, listen, I didn't miss the Beatles because it is like what every literal person in the universe will say, like, my dad listens to the Beatles all the time, you know? I grew up listening. Like, I had that, you know? But I never, like, really dug into it until it was forced on me. I have no opinion on the Beatles, and and I'm going to keep it that way because you kind of know me. I try not to be pretentious about the music, although it doesn't work because I I do host a music podcast, so it doesn't exactly work. (laughs) Oh, I'm not pretentious. (laughs) Okay, continue. Uh, I I don't gatekeep, though. I welcome people to enjoy the music that I like. They just don't. They're not interested. But uh, the, the Beatles are a band that, given my taste and given who I am, if I like the Beatles, who cares? Because everybody likes the Beatles. And if I don't like the Beatles, then I'm that guy that doesn't like the Beatles. And I would rather just remain ignorant. This is a time of, of self-educating, of listening and learning. I will not be listening or learning about the Beatles. I have no interest in what they have to offer out of fear that I will have an opinion one way or the other about them. Wow. Case. I'm brave. I'm brave. (laughs) You're so brave, Case, in this climate to not listen to the Beatles. That's brave. Look, 
everybody's got to do their part. We got to do the work, okay? And, and my work is is specifically not listening to Abbey Road, not really knowing more than three or four Beatles songs, and then I'll hear something. I'm like, oh, what's this? And everybody thinks I'm being coy, that I'm doing one of my music jokes. In fact, I just don't know what the Beatles are. Wow. You know, I I feel like I feel like you're missing out a little bit, Case. And you know what? Maybe I'm the music expert now. <laughs> maybe I should be hosting this podcast. And maybe it should be a Beatles-themed pod, a Beatles and musicals-themed podcast. Well, musicals came up on our prior episode with Alison Cochran because she was saying that she would like me to break down the Hamilton soundtrack. I have not seen Hamilton. I do not intend to see Hamilton. I do not like musicals. They do not entertain me. Given everything you know about me, Grace, which is a lot, would you recommend any musical for me? Is there some way I can be on the ground floor of of medium that is sweeping the nation? Listen, Case. Okay, first of all, Hamilton, Hamilton is not okay. <laughs> Hamilton is very mainstream currently. Therefore, I cannot ascribe to it. Okay? I, lo- I love that theory. We're on the same page there. It's too mainstream now. But okay, listen, like I listened to it a lot, obviously, when it first like came out. Okay, because I'm in theater and that's a law. And so I was obviously one of those annoying people who were like, uh, he was the best. Oh, you know, I was really going in on it. Okay. I will say I, I went to high school with a kid who was a late bloomer in the theater department, like didn't do theater freshman or sophomore year, maybe not even junior year, senior year shows up and he's the actor now and like ascended to the ranks of the theater department very quickly. I was in his car because we had, we were working on a project and we had to, to go get some stuff. And he's like, Hey man, check this out. And I thought he was going to play me because he had bad music taste to begin with. I thought he was going to play me like Pearl Jam or something that I don't care about, but he turns on Hamilton. He's like this shit pretty cool right and i wanted to kick his ass while he was driving i was completely appalled by the cultural acceptance that we certainly had for for whatever that was what was so appalling about it it's a a musical rap about a guy who i don't i don't care about i don't know much about him i don't care about him i'm not interested and i don't like the the medium that it was done with and i don't like the people that gravitated towards it Okay, listen. Okay. You make a couple of points. Let me tell you what I accept and what I do not accept. <laughs> okay, first of all, yeah. Who cares about Alexander Hamilton? Like, yes, he was very important and all these things, but it just confuses me why, um, like, in an effort to create more space for, like, POC on Broadway – why you would choose a, a story centered on a white guy who, who like was surrounded by slave owners and like did not do very, like he did some bad stuff, you know? Why wouldn't you just pick like an actual POC from that era? And that's the tea on that. That is so the tea on that. Yeah. That that's, that's my take. I like it. I respect it. Uh, it's over- good music though. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, like, like technically. Yeah, I'm sure it's nice. I, I'm sure it satisfies some people. But, you know, over... That's right. That was a reference, Case. To Hamilton? Yes. I made a reference to Hamilton. You just did. Was not aware. Much like the Beatles, I have no knowledge. Wow. Case is canceled. Oh, you're telling me. So, Grace... <laughs> Over the past few months, you've kind of been keeping me updated on your musical journey. You've been letting me know when you hear an artist or a, an album that you really enjoy, and you you tossed a few out at me in preparation for this podcast of albums we could possibly talk about. I do want to briefly discuss Joni Mitchell's Blue, which seemed to take you by storm, uh, something that you seem to really enjoy. Is that correct? That is correct, Case. I Now, my friend, my really close friend from home, her name is Durga. She has been aiding me on this music journey because I think she knows me very well and she knows what kind of stuff I would like. So she's been sending me, you know, some things to listen to. And one of the biggest things she sent me was Joni Mitchell, obviously. And then I've just been, you know, getting into her music. And then also... This summer over quarantine, I've been like trying to learn how to play the guitar. And so I've had a lot of fun um, learning Joni's songs because she plays in such a distinct way. 
I do think there was something in, in and I let me preface this upcoming statement with Wait, it watch is, what you say. It watch is, what you say. It is not an insult. What I what I am okay. About then to it's say, gonna be an insult. It's gonna be an insult. It's clearly <laughs> just an observation that it seems like there are are women approximately eighteen to twenty four that love to flex on people by going. You know, I actually listen to Joni Mitchell, uh, and that you, you might not have heard of Joni Mitchell, but I'm actually kind of a big fan of this album, Blue. It's actually it's actually very much my shit. I feel like I hear that a lot. <sighs> okay, I am taken aback right now. Okay, I feel personally like you you just came here. You brought it up so that you could tear me down, Case. Okay, I'm being vulnerable and telling you about this musical journey I'm going on, and you're destroying it. Well, Grace, what can you tell us about the new Lady Gaga album, which was one of the other albums that you mentioned that we could talk about? Are you... Do you see the wide variety that I have? Well, you're you're touching all the bases, which I really like. Are, are you... Uh, mm-hmm. I believe she calls her fans little monsters. Are, are you such, or did you just dive in for the 2020 release? <laughs> okay, now listen. I have been... I've been a Lady Gaga stan. Stan for a little bit, you know. I'm definitely like not super entrenched in the little monster universe. Yeah, that. Um, but no, I was very excited for this album to come out because you know she released Joanne (laughs) before that. You know what people say about Joanne? What do they say about Joanne, Grace? I don't know that it wasn't very good. Which is which blew my mind because it was the one time I heard Lady Gaga and I was like, "Yo, this is pretty good. I like the pink hat she's wearing. I like the yeah. singles <laughs> off this album. Stylistically, just given Lady Gaga's um, aesthetic, Joanne mm-hmm. was much more approachable and yeah. normal for me. I felt very safe in the Joanne verse. Yeah. You know, listen, Case, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I never listened to it. <laughs> Well, that that would make sense. It's not the Beatles. It's not a musical. It's not Joni Mitchell. And it's not the newest Lady Gaga album. Of course you never heard it. Of course I never heard it. You know, I hear the popular ones. You know? You know, the million reasons, you know? Sure. Yeah. You know? Of course. Well, I I mean, Lady Gaga aside, it does seem like you're well-versed in Lady Gaga. We can add that to the pillars. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we can put in a little bit of Gog. I watched her documentary, therefore I know everything. Of course. Well, the other artist that you mentioned was Casey Musgraves. You mentioned the the album Golden Hour, which, again, people seem to love it. And I agree with this one. I, I was introduced to Casey Musgraves. I kind of mocked it at first, and then I heard a song. It was like, oh, no, this is great. I need to stop making fun of this. This is very, very good. Yes. So... When did Golden Hour become an album that was on your radar? Do you remember first listening to it? Maybe who showed you it? Because I have a feeling you probably didn't discover this one on your own. Uh, Any insight here, Grace, by all means, it is welcome. Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you, Case. This album has been out for what? Two years? Two years. Two years? Okay, this summer I listened to it. Like, that's oh about God, what I expected. That is kind of why I asked, because I was kind of expecting, like, I heard this about a month ago. That is correct. And, um, you know, I listened to it because my same friend, Durga, she, she sent it to me and was like, I think you would like this. Um, and, yeah, I was like, wait a second. Does this kind of, do I have an opinion on this? Do I like this? Me? And then, and then it was great. And I played, I started playing a song and, um, my dad started singing one of the songs, the song rainbow. Mm-hmm. He started jamming out and I was like, dad, you listen to Casey Musgraves. And he was like, Oh, I just heard it in the car. He's not Southern, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I was like, Oh my God, a connection. Well, we certainly connected over Casey Musgraves, much like your father and yourself. Are you trying to say you're like my father? Not what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Let me be very clear. Not the angle I was trying to take at all. But, you know, with that in mind, I wanted you on the podcast and you mentioned Casey Musgraves. And I was like, well, this is great because I like Casey Musgraves. I'm very familiar with Golden Hour and her second album, the one that preceded it, Pageant Material. I don't know her first album, same trailer, different park, all that well, but I'd I'd love to give it a listen, and I know Grace needs more music to listen to, so we went on an endeavor together 
to dive into the first Casey Musgraves album, same trailer, different park, released on March 19th, 2013. Grace, deep in the recesses of your brain, can you picture what you were doing in March of 2013? I was just thinking, I was think it's probably about, about, um, what, six months after my bat mitzvah. Mm. So a new woman I was. And um, did you have a theme? Time. Did you have a theme for your bat mitzvah? Okay, you know what? My bat mitzvah was very classy. Of okay, course. I did not have like a, a theme per se. It was like black and it was hot pink. Those colors put together. Oh my God. The centerpieces were feathers. Okay, thank you very much. There were zero boys. Was that your choice or was that just by happenstance? Um, I'd like to say my choice, but... <laughs> but you, 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 know, certainly, invited... you certainly could have invited them, but you yeah, made the decision you know not I to. Three. I think there was three boys. Mm, not memorable, so really, no boys. I, yeah, that's very true. No boys. Well... That's that's good to know that at this time you are becoming your true self. Uh, I guess I would have been preparing to be confirmed by the Catholic Church if we could, you know, meet in the middle uh, with our religious backgrounds. Oh my here. gosh! You know what? We can be we can be friends. Believe it or not, okay? We can bridge the gap. We can find common ground. You know, we all worship the same God. Okay. This podcast is brought to you by Coexist Bumper Stickers, and Grace and I are leading the charge in this front to normalize Roman Catholic and Jewish relationships. We need to normalize this in society. We need to start a hashtag. So, Catholics and Jews can be friends. That will, I'm sure that will go up uh, with the episode, that hashtag that I'm sure will be trending and perhaps go viral. Uh, but I was in a similar spot, uh, hating my life and what I'm assuming was eighth grade, not really having friends, not really know, knowing what I wanted to do with my life. But knowing that every Sunday I had to wake up extra early and go to a class uh, to... I also, Case. Yes, I'll see. And this is when when you get to know someone, when you get to know someone, those walls come down. And suddenly That's we're like, just people. Suddenly we're just people. We're just two individuals. Well, we're also two individuals listening to the Casey Musgraves album, her first record, uh, an album that... Upon the start, upon track one, Silver Lining, I immediately knew I was going to enjoy this. When an album starts off with Woke Up on the Wrong Side of Rock Bottom, it is exactly what I want to hear. I found it to be a comforting twang at a brisk pace. Woke up on the wrong side of rock bottom. given that this sonically is a little bit different than golden hour golden hour relies on almost a, a disco country hybrid this is mm -hmm. more traditional country where do you stand on the opener on the opener okay i'm pulling out my notes because i wrote my notes please are these handwritten notes or are these digital now these are digital notes but can you imagine if i showed up with a little notebook it would have been it would have been adorable but just so the listener knows grace is going digital just like myself and where do we stand on the opener uh, okay, what, where I stand on the opener, immediately I was like, she, yes, she did put every metaphor in there. Yes, she did. And I was here for it. Okay. I agree with you. I thought the vibe was very nice. I felt very warm. And it almost reminded me of the song Rainbow. Just to come full circle, it's like uh, how many Boom. rainbow references are going to be on this podcast? I hope it's not the last. I hope you don't force it, but I hope it's not the last. Pace, the comedy rule of three. I, I'm going to bring it back. I, in case you didn't know, in case you didn't know. Grace Trevax is in this interest, interesting position where I surround myself by people that want to be comedians and including myself, Grace is just funnier than all of them. It's a really interesting oh, thing you. to observe that Grace could walk into any improv class in the country and kind of destroy, but she chooses to 
be like a legitimate actor instead. It's very interesting to watch you sort of navigate this field. Perhaps it is your talent, your sheer talent. Oh, wow. That has been your silver lining through these trying times. Grace, do you have anything that you can point to as a beacon of hope, a silver lining in whatever this time that we're living in is? Oh, my God. What a loaded question, Case. You know what I have to say? I have to say it is um, doing theater during this time is very difficult, obviously. But I think the silver lining is that it really is forcing us to get really creative in like in how we're choosing to put on production still and how we're able to still put it out into the world in a meaningful and impactful way. So I, I think it really is nice to like, you know, be able to create something, something new that no one's ever had to do before. There is truly nothing like watching a Zoom theater performance. Not saying it's good, not saying it's bad, just saying there is nothing like it. It's very true. And you know what? I'm going to say it. There are some good ones and there are some bad ones, Case. Let's call a spade a spade, okay? Grace Trevax is here to tell it like it is. She doesn't tell jokes. She tells the truth. Sometimes the truth just happens to be funny. That is the Grace (laughs) Trevax motto. Uh, She is is fearlessly authentic. That's what she's always said. That's how I know Grace is. uh, We we were in an acting class together where before I knew Grace super well, I would hear some of just the disturbed comments she would make behind me in class. And I would turn around and look like, is that who said that? And then I kind of knew from there, uh, once Grace started really going there with her humor, uh, I knew I had a friend uh, for, for, I'm not going to say for Aww. life, because who knows, but for a very long time. Whoa, 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 whoa. What kind of a harsh way to say that, don't you You never think? know. You never know what can happen, Grace. I would hate, I would hate to hey, disappoint the listeners. What do you think's going to happen to me? What do you think's going to happen to me? I'm not worried about what's going to happen to you. I'm worried about the, the downhill spiral that I'm on, and at some point, maybe I'm just going to crash and burn out of this relationship. I hope not. I hope yeah, not. I'm not going to comment on that. Because <laughs> it's, it's a real possibility. I hope that one day I am able to to have a nice life, to live a comfortable life, to perhaps have my own house, like track oh. two, my house, which the transitions, the transitions are unbelievable, Grace. I'm a, I'm a broadcasting fucking professional. Uh, Casey Musgraves here. She shows her affinity for the trailer park. I like this jaunty tune. It's a fun I'm- way, you know, to have, you know, a little a little fun on the start of the album. Grace, where do we stand on this? I think it's so cute. I think it's so cute and fun. And you know what? The first time I listened through it, I was like, okay, this is very country. I was like, this indeed is a very much country album. And you know, I was like, I, I've never been like super into country, but like, I really like, um, like folk and like pop folk, whatever. Um, and then the, the next time just like listening through it without like focusing on like writing down my notes. Cause you know, I'm very prepared. Um, I was like, there's just, there are just some bops in here. Like, these are just such fun, lighthearted songs. Well, most of them are. Like, fun, lighthearted songs. And, um, yeah, I thought it was really cute. Grace, you mentioned your affinity for pop folk. I do have to ask you, are you familiar with the folk punk genre at all? The folk punk genre? Yes, indeed. Is that possible? Oh, it, it is possible and it has been executed. <laughs> Has it been executed well? I would say there is not a single artist in that genre that you would enjoy. I think <laughs> I think there is music out there that is made for certain people, and certain people, perhaps my 16-year-old self, really enjoy it. Um, there is not an artist I could think of where I'm going, man, Grace has to hear this. Like, this okay. is so Grace. It's not It's not for you. There, it's, there's a lack of Grace in the genre, which I think oh, prevents wow. you, Grace, from getting into it. Uh, wow. Another thing with my house, I, I want to be very careful that I don't draw necessarily comparisons between uh, trailer parks and poverty to what is often an, an influencer-driven life of minimalism. But if you want to call a spade a spade, both small spaces, I just bumped my microphone, both small spaces, <laughs> Grace, you yourself very small. Do you find yourself being attracted to the world of minimalism at all? Listen, I indeed am a tiny person case. You know, Lady Gaga's documentary, Five Foot Two. Okay. I couldn't, I, Five Foot Zero. That is correct. Okay. And um, I got to be honest, as a small person, I love small spaces. I love it. I feel so cozy. I feel so at home. When, when me and my parents were looking for apartments for me to live in this year, they were like, oh, but Grace, oh, but Grace, it's so small. And I'm like, parents, 
that is not something I care about. You know, I think I could survive in an RV. I think I could. As a man who is 6'2 and not an inch shorter, I am a legitimate (laughs) 6'2", and I also have very broad shoulders. I take up a lot of space, and I'm also very afraid that I'm gaining weight rapidly. That's another topic, though. Uh, I, I I am currently taking up a lot of space. So I don't necessarily prescribe to the world of minimalism, but Grace, I'm glad that you find comfort in these tight spaces. Uh, yeah. Tight spaces, much like places that we can't inhabit right now due to the pandemic. I'm talking about public gatherings. I'm talking about county fairs where you might find something like a merry-go-round, which oh. was the first single on the album track three, Grace. This song has a line that I just cannot get out of my head, in which Casey Musgrave says, Mama's hooked on Mary Kay, brother's hooked on Mary Jane, and daddy's hooked on Mary two doors down. I have to ask, given the symbolism represented with Mary Kay, do you have any Facebook friends that are trying to get you involved in any sort of multi-level marketing or pyramid schemes? Okay, listen... I I don't partake a, a lot on Facebook. I have a Facebook. Sometimes I enjoy a good scroll even, okay? I would say my mother's Facebook account is more susceptible to that. I've had my mom's friends on Facebook message me about, you know, like their their jewelry business when I'm like, I, I don't trust that. I don't trust that. I don't trust that. Um, yeah, but, but also back to what you were saying, I do love those lines, the wordplay immaculate, her puns great, but also it's not just like, like, it's not too far where it's like, I don't take it seriously, you know? No, in a weird way, it's centered and all is realistic and legitimate and it makes sense. And to a point that this track helped launch Casey Musgraves into winning the Grammy for best country song uh, a, a year where she beat out Taylor Swift and Red. There was so much, I guess, competition in the world of country. And Casey Musgraves, a virtual nobody prior to this album, came out on top. And it's because of songs like this. I think uh, uh, this is is a high point on the album where we transition after that. There are two songs here, Dandelion and Blow and Smoke. I... I recognize that these these songs are have a place on the album, not really two that connected for me. Where where do you lie on Dandelion and Blowing Smoke? Okay, for Dandelion, I was like, this is sad. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot this, deny that. I cannot deny that it is sad. You cannot uh, Dan Dan deny. <laughs> Did that feel centered? Did that feel centered? What I like about that was that you made a choice and you went with it. And by the end, I think we're all better for hearing it. Thank you. Thank you. I wrote here that it's a good sad girl song. For mm. wh- oh, oh, and, and it reminds me of a line from a musical. Let's hear it. From, from, you know, the musical Wicked, one of the most popular musicals ever in the world. Familiar with it, have no knowledge of it. So I guess I've heard of it is what I'm trying to say. Well, there's a song that I always listen to when I want to cry, you know, because it's just a sad song and there's nothing happy or redeeming about it. And there's a line in it that says, don't wish, don't start wishing only wounds the heart. Grace, I mean, that is that is heart wrenching. That is a a punch to the stomach that will surely induce tears. What I'm curious about is, is since you mentioned that and this has come up somewhat recently on the show a few different times do you have a playlist for songs that make you want to cry okay i don't have a specific playlist for it but i definitely know which songs to play Mm. you know like i i yeah i know exactly like what to go to given what I will, your self-admitted limited music knowledge, can we get a glimpse into what some of those songs might be? Case, it's a lot of musicals, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I just can't imagine, I cannot imagine a musical bringing me to tears, but if that's what it does for you, more power to you. Case, I have to tell you, so um, I worked over this summer, I worked at a bakery, and there was some points either, I don't know, I had to say that, but there was some points where I was driving to or from work, you're gonna hate me for this, where I was like, I would put on, sometimes it wasn't even by my own volition, okay, I would just put on my songs like on shuffle, and a, a song from a musical would come in, perhaps an emotional song, 
And I would get so into it, Case. I would play that character. I would be in the show as I was driving home. There's times I'm driving home, a single tear rolling down my cheek. <laughs> and I am in it. Oh, Grace, that is that is just I, I thank you for sharing that. That is good to know. I just to quickly transition away from it before we get sucked into a wormhole of crying to musicals. I, I do want to briefly yeah. hear your thoughts on Blow and Smoke, a song that was my okay. low point on the album. It drifted too much into summer concert series, kind of normie mainstream country, just was not feeling the song at all. Yeah, I have to tell you my first note on this song in all caps. I just yeehaw <laughs> that is absolutely true that I can't deny it I note. cannot deny it I think this song would play like in, in the bar in the bar you know in Texas and they're like oh we're just blowing smoke you know yeah Grace I do know what you mean I think that's a very realistic situation that could occur and I'm glad that you illustrated it on the podcast yeah and I I think, you know, I think if I were in that bar, I would sing along. And I, and I, I hope you I would. would. I hope you would let loose in a safe, pandemic-free environment, and I hope that you would sing that song. Perhaps a song not meant for the bars is what follows track six, I Miss You. Got the sunshine on my shoulders, got a fist full of four-leaf clothes, yeah, my say my favorite song on the album where do you stand on it it's a sad one case it's just the first line when she says oh my god it's you i was like oh my i was like oh my god oh my god it's you oh my god oh and she said she said i i got no reason to cry but like still i was like i know i'm not articulating anything right now i'm aware of this no it's okay um, i follow yeah it's just yeah, I think it was really pretty. This song, I think, sonically is the high point of the album. Again, the instrumentation is so beautiful. I think the lyrics completely work. It is also in the upper echelon of songs called I Miss You, which is a high bar because you have songs like Blink-182's I Miss You and yeah. DMX's I Miss You, which I believe is a song about missing his grandma, and AJJ's I Miss You, AJJ, legendary folk punk band. Again, not for you, but I it, it is worth mentioning. Grace, are you familiar with any of the I Miss You's that I mentioned, either the Blink-182 version or perhaps the DMX version? Um, You know, probably. <laughs> yeah oh is it how which how does it go i am not going to be singing blink 182 or dmx on the podcast Wait, no, because i think i know it i just need i just need you to show me how it goes i have made a promise with myself episode one <laughs> i said case you are not going to be doing any blink 182 renditions you are not going to be rapping dmx that is a promise you have to make with yourself i'm sure you know I'm sure you know the Blink-182 song. You just need to perhaps listen to that on your own time and then let me know whether it's a song you're familiar with or not. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I just can't think of it right now. And I need you to sing it for me. But, you know, but it's fine. I won't push you on your own podcast. No, no, no. I I feel like I have have made a rule with myself that that won't happen. But I promise you, you do know that song. Yeah, I'm sure I do. I I also know... um, this, you know, this song by uh, Avril Lavigne that's like, um, um, when you walk up, you know the one? I am, When you're gone. When you're gone. When you're gone. Another popular she song goes, title. I miss you. Uh, when you're gone by the Cranberries, one of their most underrated songs. I'm just going to throw that out there. Grace, are you familiar with the I Cranberries agree. at all? I agree. <laughs> I fully agree. I've always said that. I've always told that to people. And no one, everyone's always like, no, no, like this other song is definitely like better. And I'm like, no, you've got it wrong when you're gone by the cranberries. 
I do want to talk about Step Off, which begins the second side of the album. Uh, Casey Musgraves, in a GQ interview, described it as a sublime anti-bitch smackdown. And I am just curious if that is something you agree with. Is this song girl power in a sense? Okay, you know, I mean, as someone who's been in many bitch smackdowns, um, (laughs) I would have to say this song, you know, I think... You know, it's a little cheesy, I would say. It's a little cheesy, okay. It's, I, I kind of wish there was a little more, like... like Aggression. Um, a little oomph to it. For, yeah, if that's what she described it as. Because it was literally her saying, like, F you. She wasn't saying step off. That's not what she was saying. That's not what she was saying. She does say in the song, she says, uh, because it's a real fine line between telling a joke and turning the knife. And and Grace, you're someone that dabbles in the comedic arts. I've talked about your, you know, incredible comedic timing, this and that, this and that. Have you ever gone too far? Have you ever accidentally or perhaps intentionally turned the knife into somebody's back? With a joke? Yeah, with a joke. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Okay, because I... I, I, you know, I like to crack a joke case. You do. I'm one that likes to crack a, crack a cold joke with the boys. (laughs) And this is true. Grace does have an alpha brand of comedy. She would fit right in with the Barstool sports crowd. If only they would give Grace Trebax a platform. I'm an alpha and it needs to be recognized. Um, but I also am a very huge scary cat and like too nice. So I, I would say I've never intentionally, you know, turned that knife. Mm, have I? I don't think I have. I don't think you have intentionally. That theater building, though. Oh, intentionally? Sparks, sparks have been. What are you been, accusing me of, Case Lowe? I Look, I'm not accusing you of anything. I just know that sparks tend to fly in the theater department. And perhaps, perhaps in, in a quick judgment of comedic wit, perhaps, Grace, you have turned the knife on someone's back. Case, I want you to know that if, if I've ever turned the knife on you, uh, I didn't mean to. And I'm really sorry. And I just hope you can forgive me for that. Grace, uh, because I'm a Catholic, I do have the right to forgive you and by proxy absolve you of your sins. So clean slate. Everything is good. You are. You are now back on the map, which is track eight. The longest song on the album, it clocks in at just over four minutes. Grace, I talk on pretty much every episode about how I don't like songs longer than five minutes. I think music needs to be shorter as a whole. I love the Casey Musgraves keeps things short here, right in the two to three minute range. Back on the map is the the slow one, the ballad, the slow burner on the album. And I will say, I recognize that it's a good song, but it's not one that totally clicked with me. Okay, I have to agree. It didn't like stand out for me. Um, it felt a little like, here's this, another slow song. I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like a little varied from the rest of it, but I just wish like with the words that she was saying that the music matched up a little bit more with the message of the song. Grace, yeah. I think that is a very valid is point to make. I think that that is, that is what you're bringing to the podcast. Expert musical analysis from Grace Trevax. Oh my God. I have, this is a rush. Is this what drugs are like? I don't know. I, I, I am I am not the person to ask. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, drug use upcoming in this album, but we're, but we're not at that point oh, yet. That's right. That's right. We are at Keep It To Yourself, a uh, message that I should learn from. Uh, there's, there's a lot here that I like. Uh, Casey in the song says, Keep It To Yourself If You Think That You Still Love Me. Put It On A Shelf. If You're Looking For Someone, Make It Someone Else, which is a great message, uh, something that I should probably be learning from and with that in mind grace i have to ask and, and i apologize for getting a little bit personal here but grace you be texting your ex <gasps> case case putting me on blast oh my god oh my god case 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 you don't even know you don't even know i mean okay so <laughs> i definitely um my my first note on this song was okay relatable. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first note. I was like, okay, ow. Um, 
Because, yeah, you know, um, me and my ex broke up. Well, he broke up with me. Okay. It's fine. Sorry to hear that. It was a long time ago. It was on, it was actually about a year ago. And, um, the thing was we were still, we were, we were very good friends for like about four years before that. And so, um, yeah, so I'm getting so deep right now. No, please. <laughs> How, however, however much you want to get into, by all means, do do whatever you think is best. Okay. And um, yeah, so it was kind of weird after we broke up because we had been friends for so long um, to, you know, stop talking altogether. So it, it was pretty weird. And then I started dating someone um, else. Else. <laughs> someone different. Someone different. Um, a a couple a couple of weeks after, <laughs> and um, and so it was just kind of weird. And then you know he reached out, and it was weird again. And we ended up talking over the summer and kind of burying the hatchet. But I was definitely like, if you uh, if you're feeling any type of way, it's just not gonna be worth anything to say anything right now oh you know? good no i think that's i think that's very smart i think it is too and you know what? i was actually very proud of myself because i very much did stand up for myself on that call grace that's exactly what i like to hear that is uh, girl power at its finest thank it you for thank you for sharing that in this very safe space i'm glad you went vulnerable i just got a very vulnerable case and i liked it i liked it grace i what you did was you made a smart decision and there are times in life where perhaps oh. the soundtrack to your dumb decisions could be the song Stupid, which, I, look, Stupid, Stupid is a Stupid does. Stupid is a su- stupid song that works completely. There is no, I, I don't need to put too much thought into it. I just need to listen to the song and let it wash over me. It's just, it's a jam. It's a complete it's a jam. jam. It just makes, it's so easy to just want to sing along to that, to the chorus. Um... I, yeah. This seems like this could be another bar song in the... Yeah. Yeah, the, this this would work. Uh, this would get the the girls that buy the furry Forever 21 jackets that, oh they, that they all kind of have, like they okay. being sorority girls, they all kind of own the same jacket. Wow, so now you're just categorizing people. You're going to put people into a box. Is that what you're going to do, Case? I do feel like I have enough visual evidence through my... <laughs> through my Instagram feed to make this assumption to feel like this is this is inbounds to say and I do feel like this is a song that that they could perhaps very much enjoy myself cool calm collected male I also enjoy this song I'm not afraid to admit it one that that I I found to be particularly entertaining much like the track that follows track 11 follow your arrow just a lot of what Casey Musgraves is about. Uh, NPR ranked it the 22nd best song of the 21st century by a female or non-binary artist. Grace, I want to know your thoughts on the song, and I also want to know what it means uh, to you to follow your arrow. Oh my God, what a question. Well, I have to start off by saying I love this song. How fun. This is one of the songs that I heard actually before I went and listened to the whole album. I just listened to it on its own as a single. Um, and I was like, okay, I am jamming out to this song. And truly like, like just the fact, like all of these things that she says in this song, like, especially within the country genre, it's like kind of ballsy for her to be taking a stance on a lot of this stuff. And it's important. And with all of her success, and her platform to be like, yeah, like you can smoke weed and drink and be whatever religion and have sex and be gay. I was like, go off Casey Musgraves, you know? When when this song hit the country airwaves, there was a lot of controversy around it because in country music, you are allowed to drink, have uh, heterosexual sex and uh, uh, live that very normal regulated arguably conservative lifestyle but the idea of of any sort of 
homosexuality going on. Uh, specifically, if you're not Willie Nelson mentioning marijuana, that tends to be a gray area for country music people. And this song really attacked that. Uh, Casey was fully authentic in this. I think it is a tremendous song and a tremendous message. And, I, and I'm glad that you could find some comfort in that. Grace, how are you following your arrow? Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, and, you know, I, I agree completely with what you said. And I just, this song, I love it. And following your arrow, <laughs> I know, this is, again, this is what you came here for, the commentary. Thank you very much. Very poignant point I made there. Um, following my arrow, I would say, you know, it's not, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm so oppressed because I'm a theater person. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, honest, it, 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 it is yeah. a marginalized group of people to say the least. <laughs> no, but like, um, like when I was in high school and I went to a pretty competitive high school in the sense that like, if I, I'm from Michigan and if you didn't go to the University of Michigan or Michigan State University, or like maybe one other, then it's like, where are you, what are you doing? You know, there was, um, you know, if you wanted to go to community college or like one of the smaller colleges or anything else, it was kind of like, you're kind of looked down upon a little bit. And like, there was a, there was a wall in our school that we would put up um, like little flags of what college we were going to. And you looked on it and it was all blue and yellow and green and white and like a couple of other ones. So telling people that I'm going to this school, Columbia College, Chicago. <laughs> Look, it's hard to say now and you've been here a few years. I understand. Absolutely. absolutely. And not only that, but, you know, that I'm going to be majoring in acting. People look at you like you're crazy. I remember this one kid who, okay, no, I'm not going to give you any identifying things about him. Please um, don't dox him. This is not the not- podcast <laughs> for that. I don't want to cause harm to anybody, Grace. Well, I told you, I told you I'm not here to slander anyone. Of course. Okay? But with that in mind, go ahead and tell your story. With that in mind, I'm going to kill this person. No. <laughs> <Came> out. <laughs> with that in mind, um, I he was like, oh, so like, uh, what will you be studying? And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to study theater. Because at that point, I was even too scared to say acting. I would say I'm studying theater. And the look on his face was he was going to a more prestigious school and the look on his face was like oh fun and i have to tell you that's like the majority of the responses i get or like i had gotten it is an interesting like hybrid of pity and confusion and yeah. just there's a lot of doubt being projected upon Absolutely. you. I completely understand the look you got, and honestly, rightfully so. Uh, they have ever right <laughs> to cast doubt, judge, shame, this entire institution. But, but Grace, we're the brave ones. We're the ones following our arrow. Really? Oh, yes, we are, Case. That's right. And, and Grace, in a way, the decisions we've made, you could say it is what it is. <gasps> which is how no, the algorithm... <laughs> We're too far in. If we look, we have to commit. It is what it is. Close out the album. Uh, there is a line here. I do not necessarily believe in tattoos. I do think they're dumb. But on the short list of things I would ever consider getting, it has to be the line in this song. Uh, maybe I'm in love with you, or maybe I'm just bored. A constant occurrence in my mind, just in general, in Zoom classes, if somebody gives me a compliment, that is typically where I, I drift to next, is could this person be my soulmate, or were they just being an active participant in a That's digital right. classroom? I think it is a super strong way to close the album. I would like to know your thoughts on it is what it is. That I actually wrote, I wrote that it was the perfect end of the album song. I, I put the emoji that was like, Oh wait, it's a podcast. <laughs> it, is, it is a podcast. And Grace also did an a, a imitation of an emoji that I did not recognize. <laughs> My imitation was not good. My imitation was not good. The emoji, the simp emoji. Oh, emoji I do. Like, I, oh, oh. I know the simp emoji. <laughs> you would oh um, yes <laughs> but I, I put that because that's what I felt and um I, I just really think it gets down to like the the way that Casey Musgraves writes lyrics is like it, it seems so simple but but she paints like a perfect picture and like you understand it perfectly you know and um I think this is a great representation of that 
because when you look at like the words, it's like, it's nothing crazy and philosophical that she's saying, but it's like simple and plain and you know exactly how she feels. And I feel like in this song, the music, the words, everything lines up perfectly and then comes to a, a beautiful close at the end. In my research, I did discover that according to Casey Musgraves, her grandmother calls this song the slut song. Grace, <gasps> your, your thoughts on that? The slut song? The slut song. Okay, Grandma Musgraves, come on. Come on, get in the 21st century, Grandma Musgraves. Okay. I think, no, it's just, she, you know, I think it's a lot of what young people feel where, you know, it's, you're kind of lost and like, this is what's happening right now and feeling like you're in an in-between and not really knowing what you want. I don't think she's a slut. Thank you very much. Grace, that brings us to the end of Same Trailer, Different Park, an album that received an A- from Entertainment Weekly, an 8.3 out of 10 from Paste, and a 4 out of 5 from Rolling Stone. Grace, you are an actor. I am going to ask you to explore the space of the numbers between 1 and 10 and ask you to give a rating to this album. Oh my god, exploring the space. If I was, if I had to um, mill and seed through the space... <laughs> um. Which, you know, you've been there, Case. I've You're an actor. I, hey, look, I've been, I've been known to do You're something. You're an actor, Case. Don't try to trick them. You're an actor. Everyone listening, I was in an acting class with Case. I saw him acting. You're an actor. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Very Anyways. kind. <laughs> um, if I had to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Yes. Okay. With decimals and however intricate you oh, want to okay. get with it, how, how, however you want to do it. I would just love that rating from you. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I would say on a scale of one to 10 from someone who doesn't have opinions on music, I would say, gosh, it's a, it's a freaking, it's a freaking nine. <laughs> it's a, at least an 8.9. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. Grace. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you liked this album. I was mildly concerned that maybe I had just ruined an artist for you that you had, had recently discovered, but it seemed to work out. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I think, you know, I, I, I was definitely like, okay, this is a country album, but I also think like country albums can kind of, can kind of slap sometimes. Don't, don't, I'm now I'm not a big country person, okay? I'm probably not going to go listen to Miranda Lambert after this, okay? But I think there's a little bit of room in my life, okay? Grace, once I accepted country music as a part of my life, I became a better person. So I, I recommend looking at the Lynn Andersons or the Towns Van Zants of the world and, and fully What's the second one? Towns Van Zant. Okay. I can send you a link. Don't worry, Grace. It's okay. It, it, this is not a part of the test. Uh, I, I, country music is a, a wonderful thing when it chooses to be. And so, Grace, I ask you, you have the high points on this album with songs like Silver Lining or Follow Your Arrow. You have just the, the heartbreaking nature of songs like I Miss You or Keep It to Yourself. I ask you, Grace Trevax, who needs to hear this album and why? Who needs to hear it? Yes. And this could be a person, place, metaphor, whatever you think the appropriate answer is. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Okay, this is a tough question, Case. Look, I bring the heat. I bring the heat, Grace. I'm not going to lie. You absolutely did. I'm sweating currently. But I've also been sweating this whole time because I'm, I'm nervous. Okay. Okay. But um, who needs to hear this album? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think a lot of this album, it really is for, um, like, truly, like, younger women, I feel like, who are, you know, could be going through it a little bit. Because a lot of these songs, you a lot of times when you're going through it, you kind of want a song to listen to that is a sad song. You just want to be sad for a little bit. But then on the other side, there's some really great, like, uplifting songs on here and just, like, fun songs that you can jam out to in the bars in Texas. So I think a Southern Texas young girl, okay, a girl from Texas, and um, and it also will broaden her horizons in terms of acceptance. 
Grace, there has never been a better answer to that question. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. Thank you just for all of that. And we have now, Grace, you've done your job. You've answered my questions. You've analyzed an album. The only thing you have left to do is to plug what you have coming up, maybe where people can find you, and what you would like people to know about. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in a play currently here at Columbia College, Chicago. It's called The Race 2020. It's going to be very fun, experimental, and thought-provoking. Okay. It's going to bring the heat, as Case does, to this podcast. Um, And, um, you know, you can find me at Grace Trevax. That's my last name, T-R-I-V-A-X. And also, I'd like to plug the Trevor Project, which is an amazing organization that helps suicide prevention in LGBTQ youth. Um, it's really great, so you should go check that out. I wholeheartedly co-signed that recommendation. Uh, this week, I would like people to know about the Cornerstone Community Outreach, who has a long-standing commitment to providing shelter and finding homes for families and individuals who are at great risk of being excluded from necessary services. You can find more information and donate to them to help house all of Chicago at cco.life.org. Uh, Again, the Trevor Project is great. You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at underscore Case Low, C-A-S-E-L-O-W-E. And if you want updates on just the podcast itself, we are on Instagram at Art School Albums. Grace Trevax, or as you might be called, Grace Tree Antivax. I've been waiting an hour to make that joke. Don't even even put that in my name, Case. You are spreading slander. Grace, thank you so much for being on the podcast. A true delight this was. This has been the Art School Albums Podcast. Same trailer, different park.